0: Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Uh, My name is Brian Gustafson. I'm the youth pastor here at Glasgow Evangelical Church. And I am going to be talking today. Seth um, has a procedure happening in Billings, um, I actually, uh, he's one of my closest friends, and I really don't know what he has done on these procedures, it has something to do with his legs, and also he has a, I'm sharing too much, but that's okay, he's not here, he has a, a hernia that he's always had, like, like his whole life, um, and he wants to get it fixed, because it can cause problems as you get older, and he's getting older. Um, LAUGHTER and so um, you, you can, you can uh, send him a text and wish him well. But before he did the procedure, uh, he asked that I would share about Guatemala this weekend. And he took off on Thursday with his family to go to the ski hill. He, skiing is one of his favorite activities. And so uh, it was his opportunity to go before the procedure and, and get some skiing in. Um, some, uh, I don't know what the word I was going to use is. Some, it's gone. We're going to be on you version today. I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, there's a, a picture that Tony got ready for me of you version. Boom, right there. If you have this app on your phone, you can go into that app. Um, on the bottom right-hand corner, if you have a, a profile created, I, I don't know if you have to have one because I've always had one, but you can click on the three lines at the bottom right-hand corner. And when you click on that, uh, a menu will pop up and you click Events. And if you have location turned on on your phone, it'll pop right up, Glasgow Evangelical Church. Um, you'll see a picture of this tree, actually. Um, if you don't have location turned on, you can type in Glasgow Evangelical Church and search for it, and you should be able to find um, what it says on the, the back of the bulletin here. The purpose let's see, The purpose for missions in the local church, and that's, that's today's topic. And so if you'd like to get on version, uh, the cool thing about that is all of the, the bulletin points are already filled in on you version. <laughs> I don't have a cool way to keep all those hidden so you can jump ahead and um, be spoiled about what's going what's gonna to happen. Um, when I get up here, I feel like a lot of what I talk about is um, false beliefs of the church. And so you can see the, the first question at the top or what are some false beliefs that the church? about the church today, but I wanted to give you some context as to why, and I did a quick Google search of medieval medical or medieval um, medicine, medieval medical practices, and so one thing that St. Paul used to do is for epilepsy, um, the, the cure was licorice, sage, willow, roses, fennel, cinnamon, ginger, cloves, cormorant blood, mandrake, dragon's blood, and three kinds of pepper. Um, also, he just recommended getting really drunk. Um, for sciatica, the, the nerve that runs up your leg and causes pain in your back and, and down, your, down your leg, uh, take a spoonful of gall of red ox and two spoonfuls of water pepper and four of the patient's urine. Yep, I don't know if the doctor is taking this or if the patient is. Um, <laughs> As much cumin as half a French nut and as much suet as a small nut and break, your, break and bruise your cumin. For burns and skulls, take a live snail and rub its slime against the burn and it will heal. I'm glad these are not the medical practices we still use today. Unfortunately, there's some things in the church that have been around just as long that we still do today. One of them that I'm going to make a point of today, um, not because I think it's an evil thing, it only, it only becomes such if we uh, treat it for more than what it is, is a church building. I'm, I'm reading a book that, that Seth gave me, and the first chapter is about um, how, how we first started the tradition of creating a church building around the church, because if, if you've read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus actually um, gets rid of the temple. He says that we are now the temple, that we are the body of Christ, that we are the church, and, and they start meeting in the streets. Where they're preaching is in the streets, from balconies. Um, if it was Glasgow, they'd be preaching at Reynolds um, um, by the the railroad station. Um, but what we've done is we, we build this church and we kind of get holed up in here. Um, think about think about the phrases that we often use. Uh, this this uh, book that I had came up with a couple of them. Um, look at that beautiful church we just passed by. Well, if you if you look at the gospel, that means you past a gathering of people worshiping Christ. But that's not what we're talking about. We talk about this church that is built. Maybe people say it as they pass by this church building. Look at that beautiful church, it's so big. And that was the first thing I actually said when coming to Glasgow uh, to, to interview for the job was I can't believe there's a church this big in a town of 3,500 people. Like this is, this is a diamond in the rough. This is crazy that this many people in one town would, would be so excited about Christ. And, and it's true. So, so what, I, what I have on the back of the bulletin is an opportunity for you to write down different things. Um, some examples, church building, that church is only on Sundays, that pastors run the church, that churches just want your money, that when we have friends that aren't saved, we have to bring them here in order to get them saved. Some non-believers may believe that the place will get struck by lightning when they walk in. How many have heard that excuse? Oh, I can't come to church on Sunday. Lightning. <laughs> you don't want the place to burn down. That's not gonna happen. I have I I I don't know if you put that slide up. Yeah, what is okay, we got that one. All right, so now let's let's move on to the The next section here, which is before we get totally involved in this, I need to make sure I take a break and we pray together. So join me in prayer. Dear Lord, every Sunday we come together with the purpose to glorify you. Lord, sometimes our intentions go away from that and we end up glorifying ourselves and and being centered on ourselves. But I pray today we can have a different mentality. Lord, that we can we can take a good look at, at missions. And, Lord, we can, we can try to find your vision for that. We can work towards um, really discovering what, what your mission for our lives is. Lord, may you soften hearts, open eyes, open ears. Move some of the, the barriers that we have set up so that we may be willing to uh, open our minds to new ideas. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so the two points that I want to discuss today, uh, as I already said, the church building is where we come to, to save people. And then the, the, the second thing that I think we have a little off is that missions are once or twice, once or twice a year. They're specific um, um, programs or, or uh, uh, events that we organize, that we fundraise for, that we advertise about, that we send a small group of people on, and then we, we send them out, whether that's, that's locally, um, just a short distance, or across oceans and seas. And so to start that off, I would like to, I'd like to share with you the mission of Glasgow Evangelical Church. And this is uh, the, the second point on the back of your bulletin, the mission of GEC mission of Glasgow Evangelical Church. And I hope that we, we hear this often, but it's to equip people to live the gospel joyously. Um, Seth and myself and, and uh, Terry, uh, we worked on this for, for actually over a year, trying to figure out how to exactly verbalize what we would like the mission of, of this church body to be, and this is what we came up with. Um, mainly Seth will get the credit for this, but to equip people to live the gospel joyously. And so that says a lot, but we want, to, we want to be able to encompass all that a church is in one easy phrase to remember so that when we want to do things as a church body, we can, we can go back and say, does that help equip people to live the gospel joyously? The gospel being the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Christ the story of God sending himself down to pay for our sins, to die on a cross, a death that we deserve. He took our place, died for those sins, and then rose again to, to beat death. And the gospel says that, that if we believe that that's something that happened, that, that Christ is real, that he did die on the cross for our sins, then we are saved. And so the goal is that we can say that in as many different ways as possible so that people can hear it in our community and around the world. And so our, go- our job is, is even in our words that our actions would follow those, that we can equip people to live, not talk, not be able to knock on doors and, and evangelize. We, we got rid of that word on purpose. We want to live the gospel. We want it to be every part of our being. And as a church, we want to help equip each other to do that by setting examples, by having hard conversations, by meeting as often as possible, by praying together, by worshiping together. And so this encompasses so much. But what I, wanna, what I wanna say is where this came from is what the purpose of all local churches is, are, was, has, had. What all local churches, what their mission is. But it's, it's, the, the problem is, is that it's not an easy phrase to say just bundled up in a nice package of a sentence. And so the, the first job of any local church is to proclaim the gospel. Proclaim proclaim the gospel. And the verse we have to, uh, to work with for that is, is many of them, but, but Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 and 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new, new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Proclaim, proclaim. Part of proclaiming, it says right here in verse 19, is to baptize. Not that it's a required step in order to receive salvation, but it is a step in our lives to proclaim outwardly what's going on inwardly. As we kind of said in the announcements, we, we do things as a church that aren't just tradition, they're, they're commands, Um, And and God clearly tells us in the Gospels and beyond that baptism is an important step in any Christian's walk, an important step, not a step that has to happen for salvation, but an important step as you're working what what the Christianese word is is sanctification. You're you're walking this walk with Christ to become more holy. That's what sanctification is. And so as you're walking this walk, some things we have to do outwardly of what's going on inwardly. We can't continue to sin. We, we need to proclaim that, that we are followers of Christ so when people see these examples in our life, they'll know why. And so if we're just doing a bunch of good deeds, we just kind of look like the world. If we're doing a bunch of good deeds because Christ is leading us, we've been baptized into the, the, the big C church, the church, then, then people can start following along with that and then we're, we're, we're part of the body. The next thing, the next thing, to preserve the gospel. To preserve the gospel. And the verse there's a couple verses that you'll see next to that, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna look at first Timothy verses three and four. When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. Our purpose is to preserve the gospel. Preserve means save. Preserve means, means calcify, like, like harden the gospel. To, to make sure that the things that we're doing don't skew or mess up the vision of what the gospel is. And so it's, it's your job. It's your job to preserve the gospel. It's our job to make sure that the, the beliefs that we're proclaiming, the things that we're doing as we're living the gospel joyously, we preserve the gospel. Things outside of that, we, we don't take part in. And then the, the last point here that every local church, what, what is part of their purpose is to display the gospel. And that verse is Ephesians 3, verse 10. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We proclaim the gospel, we preserve the gospel, and then we we put it on display in our lives, in our everyday lives. God wants to share his wisdom with the world but not everybody owns a copy of the Bible. But in this community and those surrounding Valley County and and Glasgow, God is represented by you. By you, in your workplace, in the marketplace, when you're dealing, because you got pulled over and you're talking to a police officer or sheriff, Um, when you're at the gas station, when you're at the doctor's office, When we are at the dentist, God has figured out a way to get the Bible to every single person living with arm's reach of us, and it is you. It is you, believers in Christ. And so I don't know if I heard this from somewhere or if I made it up, but the quote right below these these three points, uh, the purpose of Sunday worship is to bring like-minded local missionaries together. For a chance to reconnect after a six-day mission. There's nowhere in the gospels to say that a mission is once or twice a year as we fundraise and, and gather um, people together and 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 then we send them we send them out. The gospel is very clear that in everything we do, we are missionaries. And so this is one false belief that we have in the church is that missionaries is this, this spiritual gift that some people have been given. It's this call that God has put on some people's heart. It's this, it's this special inkling that some people get to go to faraway places and share with poor people. Scratch that out. Missions is every day, every single day. And so what do we, what do we equate missions with that we can apply to our lives daily? Missions help those around, well, not around us, far off that, that are, are less fortunate than us. And so they, they need food, and they need help, and they need roofs over their head, and they need clothes and shoes. There's people in our community within a 45-minute drive that daily need food, need clothes, need a roof over their head, and they need Christ. They need Christ. And they are not far off. We don't have to advertise for this. We don't have to get a group of missionaries together and pray over them and then send them out to your next door neighbor. You can pray with your family, bake some cookies and walk there. And so a lot of times when we're preparing for a mission trip, I'm gonna say every time I've ever prepared for a mission trip where we're we're leaving the country, someone inevitably will come up and say, well, what about local missions? And finally, finally, I've got this answer. You are the local mission. You are the local mission. You are the ones that are are giving old shoes to someone else. You are the one that that is comforting the person that is going through loss right now. You are the one that's going to help foster children without families that support them. That's going to go to the prisons. That's going to talk to your coworker. Can you believe that sometimes because of because of these medieval theologies that we have that sometimes people say well who's going to reach my coworker? Who's going to reach my teacher? Who's going to reach my best friend? God's purpose, God's mission for you is you. The awesome thing is is we have acts 1 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, Brian, I don't feel equipped in order to share the gospel with anyone. You're the one that has gone to school for that. I have to share with you that I became a pastor after no schooling. I'd actually been a Christian for six months when I became a youth pastor. Acts eight, Acts eight. Some of you may gawk at that. Really? You were in control of other people's salvation after only six months? God gives us the Holy Spirit. I was in control and still am not in control of any of it. The Holy Spirit, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. When we believe and then we will share the word right here, kind of around us as it gets even bigger and all over the world. That's the new Brian translation of Acts 1.8. Okay, so now we have an activity. If you have a pen on the back of your bulletin, I need need to make a, a correction here. God is most active in your life when you are willing to cross social barriers, streets, and oceans to live in relationship in his name. So two corrections. I printed this out all the way back on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, and so I hadn't fully edited. And so in between is and active, where you see it's bolded right there, put most. Because once you're a Christian, just like Acts 1.8 says, God is active in your life. You have the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we just do what is another Christian's word is called stifle. We, we push it down, we ignore, we pretend we don't hear it. Um, so God is always active in our lives. I don't want this to be a, a, a miscommunication that God's not active unless you're, you're doing something here, but, but he is always active in our lives. We just have to be willing to, to listen. But God is most active in your life when you are willing to cross social barriers. Social barriers, the, the hard things that, that we put in the way that actually aren't any kind of physical barrier. We think we know what people are thinking, We think we know what they want to hear. We think we know what they don't want to hear. And so we put these social barriers up that we're not allowed to share Christ at work. That we're not allowed to pray before class. Yes, there is a separation of church and state. And I think a lot of us, rather than allowing the world to completely put this block up, we've just put it up for them we think we know what they are already thinking. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that. They don't want to understand that. They already believe in this other thing or that thing or don't believe in anything at all. But these social barriers, if we're willing to cross them, which are are mainly in our head, if we can get over that fear, God is going to become so active in your life as you start shutting down those walls, breaking them down, when we're willing to cross the street. We don't have to get on a plane. We don't have to raise money. We just need to cross the street. There are people that live right across the street from you. And for some of us, if we're farmers, I'm sorry, that may be miles away. Um, But for those of us living right here in community, right across the street are people that need the gospel. And it doesn't have to look like, hi, my name's Brian. Do you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? No, it can look like shoveling someone's sidewalk day in and day out. It can look like bringing them cookies. Believe me, that would have worked for me. Um, it, it, It can look like so many things and I don't want to start listing things off that then we think that that is us proclaiming the gospel. I want us to start praying to God that he will show us those things that we can do for our neighbors to start sharing the gospel with them. Maybe it's writing a note when they're in the hospital One of my favorite things to do is telling atheists that I'm going to be praying for them. I've been shut down once, one time, where someone said, ah, you don't need to do that. You can share good vibes. And I go, well, that's praying. I'm gonna share those good vibes. I'm gonna pray. But most of the time, they're very thankful that we are going to call upon the person we believe is the star breather, the creator of the universe, to help them in their time of need. But pray about that. Pray about how God can help you us cross the street. And then, of course, oceans. The last part of, of Acts 1 8 is to the outer ends of the earth. And pull that back up real quick. Acts 1-8. Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria and the outer ends of the earth. There's many examples of this in the Gospels, but one that stands out a lot is uh, the Apostle Paul. He in, in Acts chapter 9, he was Saul. And, and we see this conversion. And then he, he writes many letters to the churches because he went on three separate missionary journeys over the course of this, this long period of time where he was sharing the gospel in places that had never heard it. And he started churches there. And then what we have now in the New Testament is many letters to those churches that he started and left people in charge of. And so part of missions is reaching people with the gospel that haven't heard it. So if we talk about local mission, we're going to get it in our head that it doesn't have anything to do with this building, and that it doesn't have anything to do with this, this program. It has to do with the body of Christ and the gospel. So the, the word missions should start to change in our, in our mind, in our lives, that is an everyday thing and that we're coming to church after we get done with our six day mission to regather, to recoup, to fill our cup and to go back out for another six days to serve our community, to love our community, to show grace to our community, forgiveness, love. And so then the next question comes, why do we do missions outside of Valley County? And this is where we get to share about the the trip we took in November to, to Guatemala. And so the first reason that we um, do missions outside of Valley County is to gain perspective. To gain perspective, we're going to show a video uh, in just a second. But but the idea of this video is to help us gain some perspective. But the point of of leaving this country, this first world country, and going to a third world country is to gain perspective, a godly perspective, that the people in this, every single one of you, and I have no idea how much money is in any one of your bank accounts, every single one of us are in the top 80% of the richest people in the world in this room right now, the top. And so the rest of the world is in a lot worse off situation than we are. So some technical difficulties there, but uh, I think the, the point still is the same, that um, When we're gaining perspective, we can see that that this house that we built this last November um, was small. When you saw us tearing it down in the beginning, that's that's where she'd been living for the last couple years with several kids. The bed that the little girl was laying on was, was their family bed. She didn't even own the land that we built the house on, the replacement house. She didn't even own that property. It was government property. They could come by at any time and, and take the land away from her. It was right below her mother's house, but she couldn't afford, afford to buy any land anywhere around, and so she just squatted. And um, we, we actually pondered the first whole day on, on if it was worth it for us to build a house for on land that it could just be taken away. We finally decided that, yes, it was. Um, the little girl that got the, the cut on her arm was because the um, tin that we used was so thin, it was thinner than a credit card. The siding for her house was thinner than a credit card, and that girl was playing, and it's on this steep mountainside, and it, it all came to a point about just like, like this, this preaching surface here, and the house is being built here, and she was up playing on this other level, and she fell and, and hit the door, the door frame, and cut her arm open, and so Brooke and um, Marlone took her to the hospital, but it was just a clinic room where they gave her a bunch of drugs and used some fishing line to stitch her up. That's definitely going to leave a scar for any of you that have ever seen <laughs> stitches before. That's it's going to leave a scar. And then if you notice where she's living and the bed that she's going to be sleeping on is probably going to get infected as well. It's to gain perspective when... A dance is coming up, and you can't afford a dress. You can remember that there's some people that don't own a dress. When you're upset that you're sharing a room with a sibling, when the toilet clogs, when your boat breaks down, we often make a joke that that's a first-world problem, but the majority of our problems that we're faced with day in and day out require perspective, and that's it. The next point is the reason that we leave Valley County is to share our wealth. And before Seth left for the weekend, he said, I think maybe you should change change the phrasing of that. Don't let it be our wealth because everybody's gonna think money. and They're gonna think you want their money and that's why we do it. It is. We're rich. We're stupid rich. We're extraordinarily wealthy. I want to have a reason to give some of it to people that aren't. God wants and desires this of you. He has blessed all of us in this room with an extraordinary amount of wealth, and if we keep it, it's not a blessing, it's a curse. So, yes, a very large reason of why we need to leave Valley County and go somewhere else is to bring our money. But ultimately, it's not just about that that we have wealth of. We have a school system that allows most of us to get an education for free. And so we need to bring our talents as well, our wealth of talents. And because we have stable jobs, and we have police officers and medical facilities and all of this this structure around us, we may not agree with all of it, but it definitely helps We also have time. Most people in third world countries cannot take a mission to America because if they left, their house will be gone when they get back. There's no police to call. If they call the police, if your neighbor calls the police because someone is literally stealing your home, the police are gonna come help them steal it. You can't leave. I did a mission trip in Mexico where I asked why the mom didn't come and get food. It's because she stayed in their house to guard their pot. It was their only family possession. And if she had left for five minutes with no locks, like you can just cut into their house because it was made out of old tarps she found, somebody would just steal it. And so she stayed to guard the pot. With our, with our wealth, you'll see that the, the beginning of the movie, I don't know, uh, was a school building and so this orphanage has a a school on campus and they bring they they reach their community and so they bring um kids that can't afford to go to school because it's not like us where they have free school everywhere and they bring um even more destitute than what's living on the orphanage kids in to go to school and so we uh we we redid the 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 painting Uh, it was getting all rusted and uh, so we, we bought a couple grinders, we bought a spray painter, uh, we bought paint and, and uh, cleaned all of that up. Uh, you saw the house project already that we did. There was a dentist clinic. Um, all the dentists here in town uh, shared supplies with us before we left. Some people donated money, and then we brought it over and we had a um, dental hygienist that came from Great Falls from my previous youth group, and she worked on, um, it, was, it was somewhere near 40 um Kids and adults that, that needed help, and the dentist wasn't there, and so she made a bunch of notes for what the dentist could do when when he returned. And then, um, what else did you see in that video? Uh, hair cutting. Tate brought all of her hair supplies, and they have a, a a celebration that goes on every November while we're there, and we like to help set up for it and watch children and and, and um, decorate and different things. And so uh, part of that is doing all the girls hair so that they can look pretty and, and um, it's graduation for them. And then they're also thanking people in the community that have helped out with the orphanage. And so we just like to help. And, and so Tate did a lot of that. And then you'll see that, that uh, a lot of us during the ceremony are feeding little kids so everybody can eat. And it's one of the best meals that they have all year. Um, and then uh, we also, you know, gardening. Um, you you saw where they were bringing some toys down to the baby house. Uh, Dixie saw that they really liked pushing little carts around because some of them are learning how to walk, some of them already know how to walk, but the carts really um, helped facilitate that. And so um, a a lot of what it looks like when we go on mission trips, we don't really know until we get there what their exact needs are, but we try not to uh, fake what those needs are. We don't want to go there and say, hey, we want to do this. We go there and say, what do you need? And we try to help. And so sometimes it's just running to the the grocery store several times in a day to pick up soap, deodorant, laundry detergent, razors, um, little snacks for the kids, shoes. Two years ago, if you remember, we all donated shoes and we were able to, any kid in the orphanage that needed shoes, they all got a brand new pair of shoes. Not used. we, We made sure that it was a new pair of shoes. And so the goal is that, that in all of that, we can share our wealth. We can not hang on to our, our time, talents, and treasures, but we can share that um, with the rest of the world. And then the, the, the third point you'll see here, to fellowship deeper. To fellowship deeper. And I want to keep in mind that, that every year we go to Guatemala in November, that's not because I'm lazy and don't want to find a new location for us to go to. That's absolutely on purpose. The timing of the year is absolutely on purpose. We go during Thanksgiving, where normally we'd be sitting here filling our bellies with food. We are going to go serve and show and see what we're thankful for. And also, because they have the celebration going on, um, they, they need extra help during that time, uh, watching kids um, and, and um, filling in in the, the homes and... Uh, supplies and things like that. Um, but the fellowship isn't just with the Guatemalans. The fellowship is with the team as well. And so as you watch this, this last video that we have, um, this is to kind of give you a glimpse of what fellowship kind of looks like uh, with with the team and with the orphanage. And so the goal, the goal of leaving Valley County is to um, seek fellowship and Unfortunately, we have a lot of obstacles here if we try to seek fellowship with each other here. Uh, mainly, uh, these devices that get in the way all of the time, but, but also just so many other distractions that we have. And so, um, throughout the year, I, I pick a, a few times where I can try to get a group of people away from all of the distractions of, of, of first world distractions and, and force each other into relationship. And when you take a dozen people and put them in a van and get stuck on the side of the road and go to an orphanage or, you know, whatever that happens to be, you start arguing. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's your goal? Yes, that is actually my goal. My goal in taking people on missions is so we will fight. I want to fight. I want to show people that fighting does not mean a relationship is over. It means you care that working through an argument is is not an an insurmountable obstacle, but an important point of growth. We're gonna get mad at God, we're gonna get mad at each other, we're gonna get mad at people we don't even know. But if we can't move past that, we cannot live the gospel joyously. And so yes, part of missions is to bring a bunch of people together so we can argue. But the other point is so that we we can gain perspective, so that we can share our wealth, so that we can fellowship. And then the last point, as we're closing up, is we go outside of Valley County because we're commanded. Because we are commanded. And again, I can, I can feel it in the room, the same things that I used to think in my head. Well, I'm not commanded. Stop telling me, Brian, that I'm commanded. You are. You are Commanded. We are all commanded to be missionaries. We're all commanded. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That has no qualifiers. It doesn't say those that are gifted, those that I give the inkling to. You may be offended right now. The gospel declares we are to go. But Brian, I'm too old. The Holy Spirit is way older than you. (laughs) Brian, I'm too young. The Holy Spirit can give you power. It's really old. I'm too injured. I'm too disabled. I'm too broke. These are all the limits you are putting on God. Stop it. Stop it. Because not only do we not do it to go across the ocean, we do that same thing to go across the street. We put these limiters on it. I'm not equipped. Good, good. At your weakest point, God will be the strongest. But that's not my calling. Yes, it is. Stop it. We are commanded. And so the final reason by we are commanded is, is the, there was a little note that I that took out of the back of the bulletin, but I had it written down there. Uh, sometimes the big things are easier than the little ones. The reason we leave Valley County is because we're no longer around these people we've known our entire lives. We're no longer around these people that we think we know them. We think we, we have all of these social barriers that we put up in the way. And so actually you'll find that when we leave Valley County and go work somewhere, People share the gospel easier. And what that does is equip us to to do it at home. And so the reason we go across oceans is so that we can reach people right here. We can grow people right here. Worship band is gonna come up and they're gonna close us. And um, when they're they're done, usually what happens is Seth or myself will, will come up and say some more stuff. I'm just going to come back up and and have a prayer. But I pray uh, through all of this that, that we can take a look at our own lives and see where God's calling us. To not wait to do missions until a pastor says that it's time to do a mission. But realize that God equipped you with the power of the Holy Spirit to do missions daily. Like I said, the, the, this, this whole thing is in U version. I have it set up so that uh, that event will be there for three days. It's the, the longest they'll let me keep it in there. So if you wanna go back and look at things, the very bottom of the event, you'll see a link to the videos. I put them all in one um, playlist. And so it should be that you click on that link and you can watch all three videos if you'd like to uh, watch them again. Um, yeah, I'll let you guys take over. Dear lord we first just want to uh bring our sins to you individually whatever sins are on our heart right now lord selfishness our desire to not lift you up in our lives our desire to not worship and get closer to you lord forgive us and we thank you for your forgiveness your grace your love your joy may we take this example of love and grace, forgiveness and joy and Lord, may we share it to the ends of the world. Lord, may we share it in our office, at the grocery store, in our car, at the gas station, in school, on social media. Lord, may we May we be missionaries everywhere we go. Not under our own power, Lord, but under your guidance, your Holy Spirit and your power. We are powerless without you. Lord, give us strength. Lord, point out our weaknesses so we may allow you to fill in those spaces. Lord, as we begin this, our next six-day missionary trip, Today, may you give us the fuel to do so, the energy, the focus, the guidance, the light, and the steps. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at Glasgowec.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes, because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.